0: It's early July, so that means it is time for the Secret Garden Walk, one of the loveliest annual events in the summertime here in Kenosha. It's sponsored by the Four Seasons Garden Club. It is their primary fundraiser of the year. But far beyond the the point of raising funds for uh, various good causes, the Secret Garden Walk is also an opportunity to just celebrate the Joys of Gardening, and uh, the way in which it is a uh, a lovely, uh, in a sense, artistic endeavor in which people can really bring their creative gifts to bear and, uh, and create unique and lovely gardens, which they themselves primarily enjoy. But with the Secret Garden Walk, uh, it is an opportunity for the community to step into various gardens that otherwise would not be visible uh for easy viewing and so the so-called secret garden walk occurs this saturday july 8th so first of all we're so happy to uh, welcome back into our studios for i don't know how many times it has been now quite but a few years <laughs> it is uh a pleasure to welcome back into our studios uh, Linda Gatormson who is a past president of the Four Seasons Garden Club, and she is the publicist who really helps spread the word about this uh, wonderful event. And we also have with us uh, a gentleman by the name of Tim Garland, who uh, owns and operates Garland Alliance uh, Landscape Architects and Sustainable Land Management. And uh, he is a participant in this year's Secret Garden Walk in a couple of different ways, uh, His own home garden is on the tour this year, and he is also someone who uh, had a very direct hand in the creation of something called the Elder Garden, which is in downtown Kenosha and which is also on this year's Secret Garden Tour, and that in and of itself is a really fascinating story that we will be exploring. So, Linda Gatormsen-Guy and Tim Garland, we welcome both of you to The Morning Show. Always a pleasure, Greg. Thank you. Thank Good you. morning. Greg. So glad you can, uh, can you be here. Uh, Linda, let's begin by having you sketch for our listeners a little background on the Four Seasons Garden Club, who you are collectively and uh, what the uh, Four Seasons Garden Club has sort of been about, even apart from the Secret Garden Walk.
1: Sure. Well, we've been around since 1963. Uh, we've, uh, we're... Initially, uh, a group of a group of ladies who uh, enjoyed gardening, who enjoyed uh, giving back to the community, and we have grown and changed and. Gone with the times and and such. Uh, since then, we no longer wear white gloves and hats to the meeting. <laughs> I want to reassure everybody there. Uh. I, I I think uh, some friends of mine do have that warped impression, but uh, you know, like any any organization, uh, you need you do need to change with the times. Uh, one of the things that was established um, not so early on uh the secret garden walk has been going on for uh, just over 20 years uh but uh, it too has developed over time you know you like anything you you learn you learn from uh, the good things you learn from the oops <laughs> we won't do that again uh and uh, and and things change over the years uh but the core of the uh, of the intent uh, our mission is to increase awareness of gardening of uh, ecological uh, issues and uh, we assist programs like the elder garden uh, like uh, community gardens in general we have featured community gardens repeatedly on the uh, on the walk we like to draw people's attention to what other people are doing to encourage those endeavors so uh it does give us an opportunity to to work with the public to show off what these very generous homeowners are doing uh in their private areas and uh uh just let people get ideas let people get a peek behind the scenes and uh let them Take home an I, you know, a uh, an idea or 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 two that they can apply to, to their their property, uh, and we like to say we've got something for everybody. There will be larger gardens, there will be smaller gardens. There'll be sun, there'll be shade, uh, older gardens, brand new gardens. All of that is going to appeal to someone or maybe everyone on the tour. Uh, but it 's all all part of what we promote uh, and encourage in the community
0: for the sake of anybody who won 't be with us uh, to the end of the interview today let 's make sure that they understand kind of the logistics of how the secret garden walk uh kind of works so first of all, it's happening this Saturday, July eighth from nine until three, rain Correct. or shine and it looks right now like mother nature is is going to cooperate mother,
1: so mother nature has been our buddy for years <laughs> I, I don't want to assume that she's going to be there for us forever but uh we've had we've had very very good luck as far as the uh, the weather cooperating so, um so explain
0: <laughs> the logistics of how saturday works for somebody who wants to go on the secret garden
1: sure walk. absolutely yeah um that can always be a question well how do i know where it is how do I find it? Whatever, the ticket uh, for the event doubles as a guidebook, and each one of the gardens is uh, is locator is uh, mapped out in the uh, in the guidebook. Each one of the gardens has a description that has been written by the homeowner, uh, so we get a feel for why they do what they do why they love it what they did what kind of history what kind of mistakes they made what kind of you know there's there's an opportunity for the for the homeowner to uh, confess the progress of what we're looking at now that it wasn't always uh perfect and beautiful and it uh, it's a work in progress and every one of our gardeners will tell you that the uh, the ticket book It does include a mm, a rude map of the of the area. This particular walk is uh, all of the gardens are in very close proximity. It's the first time in years that we've been able to offer what may be for some a uh, a walking tour where you can park your car one time and if you got your walking shoes on and. you're you're ready to spend a couple of hours uh, uh, traveling the trail, you can do them all in a walk. Uh, So I
0: I know that in in the past, you always want the gardens to be at least in rough proximity. I mean, that it'll be a a garden walk that'll be uh, largely on the north side of Kenosha or the south side of Kenosha or the west side of Kenosha, but i think what you're saying is this year the gardens are exceptionally close together With, and so literally walking the tour is going to yeah, be possible for a lot yeah, of people there's
1: there's three gardens that are within a single block of each other um two more that are not too far away uh practically next door neighbors and uh, the elder garden is is all part of that general area in allendale cool. um the uh, the proximity issue is something that we learned early on uh, would certainly boost attendance if people were in a relatively close area. Uh, if you can do it, do the walk in a couple of hours, which you can. Uh, some people buzz through in one hour. But um, to, uh, to set... Uh, one garden down in pleasant prairie and the other gardens to be up in uh, in the opposite t- uh, side of town close to the racine line does not make for a an easy tour for people mm. uh they they want to uh they they want to spend their day looking at gardens not driving across towns so mm. we've, you know over the years we have consolidated and this is this is the ultimate consolidation yeah. this year uh, but the the ticket books are uh always available at a number of garden centers and uh florists in the area Uh, people learn to look for our posters by uh, at least at least by june 1st by memorial day the tickets are out there so people can uh, can take a look through the gardens uh, on paper and uh, and and kind of anticipate what they what they are going to see and what they might particularly enjoy
0: we should probably also clarify that this is not a garden tour that has a starting point and an ending point people can kind of begin where they like i mean they don't even have to see every single garden if they choose not to
1: exactly this is a self-guided tour you get the ticket you get the location and you can do those gardens uh, you can do the entire tour you can choose a couple of, of gardens that are your fall into that 's where the descriptions help out people that uh, that have a specific thing uh you know a a particular fondness for uh, for a certain style of gardening they can zero in on that, and for people who will just want to generally educate themselves it 's an afternoon of variety mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yes, you can. Um, for ease of finding the locations the locations are numbered in the book that doesn't mean you got to start at 1 and end at 5 uh you have to you can pick and choose and hopscotch around if you choose to and at each and every garden uh, there are we we do uh in most cases the homeowner will be present to answer a few questions here and there uh, what is that plant? Where did you find it? Where did you get the idea, et cetera, et etc um, and the uh there will be members from the garden club there also to help with plant identification, give directions from one house to the next, and generally uh, welcome people mm. to the event. So.
0: For those of you just joining us we're talking about the 2023 edition of the four season gardens Club uh, secret garden walk which is going to happen this saturday july 8th beginning at 9 in the morning and uh, going until 3 in the afternoon rain or shine although right now it looks like it's going to be more shine than rain on on sunday and and by purchasing uh, a guidebook that also serves as your entry ticket uh, for uh, five private gardens plus something that is a wonderful uh, addition to uh, the Garden Club this year, uh, the Garden uh, Tour, uh, namely the Elder Garden in downtown Kenosha. And Tim Garland is with us, and he had a very direct hand in kind of the shaping of this Elder Garden, and we're so happy that uh, he can join Linda Guy today uh, in, in talking about it. So first, Tim, we we welcome you to the morning show. We're glad that you're here. Yes, good morning, Greg. Uh, Real quick, sketch for us kind of your relation to this whole world of gardening, because it intersects, of course, with your professional life. Correct. Um, I, my wife uh,
2: showed me an ad in the newspaper that they were looking for volunteers for the Elder Gardens. So I uh, immediately hopped on board because I wanted to get involved locally in the community. And I volunteered my design services for the Elder Garden, and uh, since engaging with them in 2015, uh, I continue to be a member-at-large board member and have been uh, deeply involved with the development
0: of the community-based garden. Tell us about Garden Alliance, which is your own firm, and in a sense you were uh, donating some of the services of, of of that firm to the creation of the elder garden.
2: Yes, that's that's correct. Garland Alliance. I am a uh, kind of a boutique, independent, uh, board-certified landscape architect, and I provide a wide variety of services from uh, pure design to construction management to ecological design. Uh, and ecological site management as well. So if you check out my website, we offer a wide scope of services, and I'm now in my 22nd year of private
0: practice. and uh, But I am very grateful to be involved with the Elder Garden. So tell us what you know about the creation of it, uh... I mean, in in a sense, the genesis of it, even though I don't think you were there right from the first day, but it sounds like from very early on, you had a hands-on role in it. That is correct. Uh, uh,
2: It was started by Holly Stoddard, who was with the church at the time, and Janice Erickson, they were kind of the impetus to get this off the ground. And then I entered the scene and put together a a master landscape plan that was uh, based on the raised bed plant community. And the, the ultimate mission is to, you know, have a premier raised bed uh, community for gardens uh, for seniors age 55 and over, promoting health through gardening, social interaction in a park-like setting, which is very, very important. So when I designed the gardens, we not only wanted to have the um, – the folks in to to do their gardens, but I also wanted to create this park-like setting. So the gardens themselves offer great opportunities and educational opportunities for the people to explore. We do have, uh, we've got rain gardens, we have hoogle gardens, we have a spiral herb garden, we have a newly installed gravel garden that we installed this last March that is very, very exciting. It's based on a, a German gardening tradition that dates back Many, many years. We have fruit trees, we have a Martin house, uh, we have butterfly houses. So the gardens are evolving. Uh, we have food forests as well. So the gardens continue to evolve. And what I really like about this, Greg, is that typically community gardens really lose their drive three to five years afterwards when uh, the changing of the guard occurs. But we are now in our seventh growing season, so I'm very very excited about uh, the future of the gardens.
0: Yeah so for someone who's never really seen one of these up close and particularly for those who are too young to need such a thing uh, explain this concept of the raised garden and why that can be in and of itself can be a really helpful helpful concept for, yeah. for the, people of a certain uh, stage H, in life. Or, H, so yes <laughs>
2: yeah. so we do offer a uh, variety of raised beds Greg and anywhere from four feet by four feet to four feet by eight feet. But they are raised, meaning that they are approximately 32 inches high. And this is ideal for older folks that have difficulty getting around. And we do have people that show up with walkers, and the ease of gardening is is, uh, very, very appropriate and helpful for them. And then the other thing is is that uh, raised gardens originally – originated in in France and what uh, what the raised garden does for you is that it elevates the soil so in the springtime the soil will heat up quicker and then in the fall the the soil will be warmer so you get a longer gardening period ah, interesting yeah.
0: so so as as mother nature withdraws her warmth uh, these gardens in a sense can sustain themselves a little bit longer than those that are just down in the normal ground yes that is correct that is correct and so these uh these elevated gardens are in a sense up on stilts
2: actually there there some are on stilts we do have the v gardens uh greg and we do have uh full uh 32 inch deep gardens that are full of of soil so
0: all the way down to all the, the way down right right wow, fascinating yes so when you thought about creating this sort of park-like atmosphere What kinds of specifics did you have to kind of think about in terms of what should go where? Uh, Excellent
2: question. Well, uh, being that it is raised beds, we do have to take into serious consideration the movement of the sun, and we have to make sure that the gardens are in full exposure to get the maximum amount of sunlight. In addition, we, we provided fruit trees around the perimeter of the gardens, but these are all dwarf varieties, Greg, so they will not grow big and shade out the gardens. Mm-hmm. Any shade trees in the park-like setting are located around the perimeter and to the east of the raised garden bed areas. And ultimately, th- these will provide shade. We do have an existing maple tree at the east end where we had a uh, Eagle Scout do a project, and we have a council ring under that tree. So it's a wonderful gathering point, and we do have nice shade down there. But... Yes, you do have to take into consideration the the sun factor. Hmm. Very, very important.
0: So who actually is doing the gardening with these raised beds? And is this something you pay for the opportunity to do it or rent them? Yes. First come, first (laughs) serve?
2: There is a nominal fee uh, to rent the gardens for the year. And we actually have a a waiting list of people that want to... get additional gardens now we have talked as a board about incorporating additional beds however at this time it's it's not uh in the in the picture and uh but the majority of our residents are from the lakeshore towers area
0: hmm. uh, nearby nearby and uh are are most people raising flowers or raising vegetables or a mix
2: there is a wonderful mix greg uh there is a uh there are actually several fairy gardens that one woman has taken it upon her own to incorporate fairy gardens, which attracts the kids, and we invite the children to come down, and we do see a lot of families down there. But some of the gardens are pure vegetables, all vegetables. <coughs> Others are a wonderful mix of uh, flowers flowers. And vegetables. I have a small garden down there, and all I am growing, Greg, are potatoes—fingerling
0: potatoes—which I just <laughs> thoroughly enjoy. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Linda, explain the connection between the Four Seasons Garden Club and the Elder Garden, because Tim early on mentioned, or maybe you did, but somebody mentioned that you have been supporters of this project. In what way?
1: Uh, financially, and uh, and just in terms of. Making general awareness uh, out there in the community, and uh, radio programs certainly do do add to that. But the fact that uh, that they had reached a point where they were ready to open their gates to a little publicity and the little and the public tour, uh, it fell into our timing this year and uh we were very very happy to uh have been supporters uh of their their efforts from the beginning and uh and to actually be able to to uh sponsor their preview or not preview but their uh, uh introduction to the to the public it's kind of an unveiling in a sense well it it it, we were kind of looking at it that way you know what can what can we do to help well gee we just happen to have this tour would you like to participate yes (laughs)
0: yes yes. it's a wonderful connection
2: right and we uh, recently received a grant from four seasons uh, garden club which we are grateful for and that money went for site signage so, as you come down to the gardens, you can learn about Hugo Gardens. you can learn about gravel gardens because we have a narrative signage program, and then you can learn about some of the plants of the gardens and learn what is edible and uh how to harvest and um, it it's just we we are very very uh grateful for the Four Seasons Garden Club to uh get us involved
0: yeah
1: well it but, went it went all the way back to. To Holly, uh, Holly Stoddard. Holly yes. Stoddard. Yeah, did a presentation to the club. We're always looking for uh, uh, presenters, uh, people who have uh, hobby gardens, people who are professionals who want to, to share their expertise with the garden club. Holly came and gave us a presentation. We were hooked. Yes, <laughs> With good reason. <laughs> with good
0: reason. Uh Tim you were mentioning that uh one of the things that is of most acute need is volunteers. And that might come as a surprise to people who think that well the folks who are renting are doing this gardening and and that's all you need but but obviously beyond that gardening going on there uh, there is a lot of work to be done by by volunteers. What kind of work are we talking about? Well Greg, we do uh we have the weeding and who
2: likes weeding? Not many people, but there's a lot of weeds. We have an issue with bindweed on the site that we've gotten under control. But there's spring cleanup. There's fall shutdown. uh, There's also trimming of existing plants, uh, detailing of the beds. So, yes, we the board, we are all in excess of 60 years, so we would like to encourage and look (laughs) for younger volunteers. And we do have a sign-up sheet at the kiosks at the gardens so you can sign up. Uh, for volunteer and whether it's just uh you know an hour or two a week or if you want to visit us two three times a week we are always looking for volunteers as well as new board members
0: fantastic for those of you just joining us we're uh, talking today about the uh four seasons garden club and their secret garden walk which is coming up this saturday july 8th from uh nine until three rain or shine and uh one of the uh most uh, interesting uh, additions to the garden walk this year is the opportunity to uh, come and visit uh, the St. Matthew's Lakefront Elder Garden, the address uh, right there on 4th Avenue. and um, But there are five private home gardens that are also part of the tour this year. And uh, actually, we'll circle back to Tim in, uh, in just a couple minutes to hear about his own garden, which is... Uh, which is part of the tour. But Linda, let's, uh, let's talk through uh, the other gardens that are going to be part of this. Uh, first of all, the, the garden of Nan Mellum uh, on Fifth Avenue, when I read the description, one of the things that leapt out at me is the QR codes <laughs> that are part of her garden. I mean, there's a serious gardener for you uh, when they're thinking about those kind of details. So tell us more about Nan Mellum's garden.
1: Well, Nan, is a, she's a member of the Garden Club. It's, uh, uh, it, it's not necessarily necessary that you belong to the Garden Club to be on the tour. Uh, in fact, it's rare that we do have, have member gardens that show up. Uh, but uh, Nan has a different approach to gardening. She is very technically savvy. Which there's the QR codes, but she's also uh, a very uh, ecologically based gardener too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you read on, you realize that she uses no chemicals on the garden, and well, just a moment aside here, uh, I was a little concerned the other day when I realized that the the, the cracks in my Uh, Ancient uh, cement driveway have been nurturing all sorts of of weeds and such. And as I looked at the weeds, I realized that what I was about to cover with Roundup to get rid of them, those were the same weeds that uh, Nan was putting salad dressing on. Ah. She (laughs) literally does (laughs) harvest uh, certain varieties of of flora <laughs> to uh, to um, uh, save well not save the plants but uh, to contribute to her own diet. Yeah, and, and there are and, and she she gives some asides there in her hmm. uh, in her write up that uh, there are you know specific varieties that she will uh, harvest that she will freeze for other uses and. Uh, just her very natural approach to gardening is something that we seldom see on the walk. Right. Uh, it's also a relatively shaded garden, which we don't, uh, we don't see often. So when Nan volunteered her garden, we were all over it. Mm. And, uh, and I
0: assume she'll be there to answer a lot of questions will, about what she she's doing. She will thinking.
1: be very happy to share, share what, uh, what's, on th- what, what, Comes from uh, scanning those QR codes, and uh, and Ann's personal information too. Fantastic. There w- probably a couple of other members of the Garden Club uh, will be assisting her that day, but uh, but you're going to get some information from Nan that is uh, something that you probably haven't considered coming mm-hmm. from your garden.
0: Another garden on Fifth Avenue. Uh, I like how the headline mentions a phrase you already talked about in terms of all these gardens, namely a work in progress. I mean, almost all gardens, to some extent, are a work in progress, but that apparently is especially the case uh, with Carolyn and Keith and their particular garden. Uh, The headline is Grand Plans to a Work in Progress, and a. Kind of touches on the fact that our grand plans sometimes go by the wayside.
1: Well, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Guilty is charged. (laughs) You move into that beautiful piece of property and you can, oh, and then I can and I could this and whatever. And, uh, you know, time and uh, uh, effort and finances and everything comes to play. And you do end up scaling down and uh, maybe some of that grand plan is, act, is has been uh, created and maybe some of it has been modified. And the uh, this couple has done exactly that over the years. It's a relatively small space. In fact, I will mention a number, uh, the majority of our gardens on the tour are smaller spaces, your basic city lot, if you will and uh, what people have done with them it does give you a feeling of of what a variety out there what, well I was what can uh, be done
0: right as I was reading about their garden I couldn't believe all of the different elements <laughs> and in a water element that's part of it and they they talk about how she loves the sun and he loves the shade and you <laughs> find kind of both of that and yeah I I that that's a garden that Especially intrigues me. And, yeah, uh, the
1: the grand plan may have been set aside at some point. Right. But the uh, the art of compromise yeah. is very much in <laughs> in evidence here.
0: There you go. I love that. Well, let's turn to our other guest, Tim Garland, for the next garden because it's his. I mean, actually, uh, a garden tended by by Tim and his wife Elizabeth. And uh, uh, Tim, it sounds like uh, you have. Done a whole lot of wonderful and varied things in your garden. I guess, given what you do for a living, that shouldn't be too big of of a surprise. What do you want to tell us about uh, this particular garden?
2: Well, it's uh, as everybody has been saying, it's it's a work in progress. However, I'm I'm getting near the end, but the the front has a, a understated, more traditional feel that's appropriate to the Mediterranean style. Uh, of the architecture Greg and uh, but then as you get into the back uh, the back unfolds into a uh, just a wide variety of little as we call it vignettes so you really have to pay attention to the gardens in the back because there is a lot of stuff going on and as I say and tell my clients you know Plants like to be with one another, and they like mm. to be touching one another. And so, rather than having plants on display, I have mosaics of, of ground covers, shrubs, ornamental trees that just kind of entwine with one another, providing uh, providing just a riot of color. And believe it or not, green is a color. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> We will have pops of color with annuals, but then we will have lots of uh, texture and variety and layering. And then also we have these wonderful destination points in our gardens, not only in the front but in the backyard. So as you look around and walk around, we have destination points where we will sit and gather and enjoy the garden from different perspectives. And then also enjoy the home because, after all, the home is a part of the garden and Mm. not vice versa.
0: Yeah, well put. I like how in the description you uh you talk about proceeding from that more formal front yard to the backyard which is less manicured. And yep. that's a nice turn of phrase to
1: describe <laughs> that. I have a very yes. unmanicured garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually have
0: uh uh clover coming
2: into our back garden uh lawn area, Greg, which uh you know in the old days clover used to be incorporated into lawn seed mix
0: hmm.
2: why it disappeared i don't know but yes we we haven't used chemicals for years and we uh, embrace the
0: the infiltration of the clover and one of the things you talk about is when you create something that in which there is so much there i mean you you say it well the diversity creates a beautiful mosaic that is so dense that, at least to a large extent, the weeds don't have a chance. I mean, what a concept.
2: Yes, absolutely. And if I do mulch my garden beds, it's with organic compost because a, um, the shredded hardwood mulch, I, I prefer to have the plants grow together,
0: and then you just minimize the weeding. Yeah. No question about it, Greg. Wonderful. So that will be uh, the home garden of Elizabeth and Tim Garland, and uh, a, a very special treat on this year's Secret Garden Walk uh nan the the garden that is on 3rd Avenue uh is a uh the the gardener uh, describes it as a reinterpretation of an english garden <laughs> uh which sounds very intriguing
1: well it finds that uh, our gardeners draw inspiration from just about anywhere and anything and uh and marsha uh drew her inspiration from a tour uh, she uh, took to um, to various garden areas in uh, in Great Britain, and came home with with plans for an English garden. Well, sometimes English gardens happen, and sometimes English gardens get Americanized along the way. And what we have here is a hybrid. Hmm. So, yeah, there's. Uh, uh, she's done a lot of work with. Uh, uh, you mentioned. Uh, placing uh, planters and such uh, around, uh, so every area is not necessarily a vast bed of of flowers and such. There there may be uh, a shrubbery, uh, an area of shrubbery, that has some uh, potted, uh, some mixed uh, pots. Uh, with a variety of of annuals and and such, uh, she mentions starting a lot of these plants in the grow under the grow lights in the basement mm. uh, again something that you know what someone may take that idea home with them and and uh, start their own garden from seed next year. So she can uh, she can share some of her experiences there, both in both in England and uh, and on Third Avenue in Kenosha.
0: Back here in the good old U.S. of A. Right. the The fifth and final garden uh, intrigues me very much. Uh, uh, Crystal and Steve Miller, uh, apparently downsized in quite dramatic fashion back in 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 2019 Mm -hmm. and uh and you you mentioned that several of the gardens are relatively modest in scope and size but uh, it sounds like they made the most of it and have created something really wonderful in quite a small space
1: i you know and this particular garden is the one that i will be spending my my time at uh on the day of the walk and this is the one garden that I have not seen yet, mm. oh, so yeah. I'm going entirely by the description <laughs> on, on this one too. But I, like you, I'm in, I'm intrigued by this. Um, uh, due to some health issues, I was not able to uh, to be part of the the choice of gardens. Uh, we do that in in uh, at, as soon as this garden walk is over, we start looking at gardens mm. for next year. And uh, and and I was not out and about and and uh, able to do that. And this one I totally missed. So I I can't wait to see it myself. Well, in but particular,
0: the 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 the, uh, the, sh- the horseshoe shape in which it's essentially built really intrigues me. That sounds like something really lovely, and it sounds like what they had in mind was something in which enjoying each other's company is really facilitated by that kind of shape.
1: That. It, and it strikes me that this is this is something that speaks to the homeowners and how they enjoy interacting with people and inviting them into their little horseshoe by keeping the one end open and and accessible and it the uh, the concept of that design was perfectly uh, fitting the property that they ended up purchasing. And I can't help but think that in selecting that home when they moved into the city that the Horseshoe Garden concept was already kind of in the back (laughs) of somebody's mind. (laughs)
0: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm quite intrigued by that. Um, So, Tim Garland, tell us about that challenge of when someone is working with a really small space and uh what are the ways in which that can actually end up being uh, uh, a a really uh lovely f- fertile <laughs> opportunity if you will to do some really special things when space is is at a premium
2: yes um as as i term it at times greg uh, less is more and uh, with small spa- uh, small spaces uh, you really have to distill down the The uh, the overall concepts of the design and layout now that doesn't mean you can't have a diverse plant palette in there you just have to think spatially that it, it needs to be in relationship to the scale of of the home and and to the surroundings so uh, small spaces are wonderful. Uh, big spaces are wonderful. But yes, in the in the city environment, you want to create a a garden setting, and utilize and maximize all of the space within within that garden space. And and as I said earlier, uh, the home is is part of the garden. And at the Miller home, they have some really fun stuff going on. I have been in that garden several times, and she has now. Uh, started to collect uh, a collection of conifers. So she's actually created almost a small-scale pinetum in her yard. You will thoroughly wow. enjoy it. <laughs> I
0: did
1: not expect
2: you
0: were going there. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: So what you're saying about uh, about working with the small spaces, your concept uh, at, in your own home of these vignettes very much comes into play there. Too.
2: Yes, without a doubt. But the overall theme is very strong. The hardscape is very uh, simple and clean. But then it, the vignettes are these, these scenes that you see as you walk through the garden, not only this Saturday, but also throughout the year. Mm. So I have plant material. For example, I have a, uh, a uh, Korean uh, spruce that the new growth in springtime is bright yellow. You will not see that at this time of the year. Mm. And then early spring I'll have the big uh, German-bearded irises with the big allium balls going. But, again, you won't see that this time of year. But the butterfly bush is starting to come into its own. The hydrangeas are starting to set bud. And uh, so a lot of things going on. Wow.
0: And what about uh, yesterday's rain? I should think for all of these gardens that was uh, a much much-needed refresher. This has been a tough, tough year for gardeners.
2: Yes, it has, Greg. The uh, springtime has been extremely cool for us, and then we had a very early week of 80-degree weather followed by a week of 30s that just set in rust and other mildew problems. And then for my own garden, for example, I do a lot of, I like to do a lot of tropicals in my urns, and Typically, I will overwinter those tropicals in my garden at the uh, at my office at the Kemper Center. However, they did not bounce back like they normally do, mm. do just due to the lack of rain, humidity, heat. So you have to go to plan B then. Right.
0: <laughs> and, of course, yes, the back to the work in progress and uh, thinking on your feet, uh, compromise, creativity, and, of course, the result is... Uh, nevertheless some wonderful gardens and in some ways we appreciate them even more uh, this year because of the uh, uh, adversity which gardeners have have, have had to uh, contend with so again the secret garden walk of the four seasons garden club is coming up this saturday july 8th beginning at nine o'clock running until three a self-guided tour and uh, with uh, the guidebook in hand you uh, take yourself to these Five private gardens plus the St. Matthew's Community Elder Garden. Uh, So, uh, Linda, uh, tell our listeners where they can find uh, the guidebook uh, (laughs) if they want to purchase their tickets to be part of this.
1: I would love to tell them. Uh, We have uh, a group of... Ticket outlets that uh, have been available to us over the years. And uh, just rapidly, uh, you have Stein's Garden and Home on Green Bay Road in Kenosha. Suburban Garden Center up on the north side, 30th Avenue, not too awfully far from your studios here. Uh, Sunnyside Florist and Gifts, longtime uh, florist here in Kenosha. And Summer's Garden Florist is downtown. Anton's Greenhouse and Garden Center on the far uh, uh, south side of Kenosha into Pleasant Prairie on Cooper Road and out in Paddock Lake, Westosha Floral all have our tickets for sale. You can also, uh, if you uh, check our um, our website, which is fourseasonsgardenclub.org. dot org. That's the numeral fourseasonsgardenclub dot org. Uh, all of the home addresses are listed there, and those tickets are also available at each and every every home on the tour. So you can I show like up
0: at one of the gardens and purchase your purchase ticket your there.
1: Purchase your ticket and off you go. Uh, however, tickets are not for sale at the elder garden because. That uh, that is not that's 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 a freebie. <laughs> <laughs> that's a There's, bonus. There is that's your bonus garden. There is no charge to uh, to enter the uh, the elder garden, and we hope you will uh, include that on the tour and enjoy it. And one more stop that you might want to consider uh, at Kemper Center is the Margaret Meyer Memorial Garden, which is a uh, open to the public. A uh, space that is maintained by the uh, Four Seasons Garden Club. And we've uh, been doing that, uh, I hate to guess how many years. But we have a wonderful relationship with uh, with Kemper Center. And that's kind of our little showpiece garden.
0: Wonderful. A great, uh, lovely little garden and uh, a, 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 a fitting memorial to someone who cared a lot about beauty. Tim, where will you be on Saturday? At your home or at the Elder Garden? You know, Greg, for the most part, I will be at my
2: home, but I will be bopping back and forth to the Elder Garden as well.
0: And if people are intrigued by the possibility of volunteering, how can they uh, connect with you to, uh, to volunteer?
2: I would say the easiest way would be to email me, Greg, at uh, garlandalliance
0: at gmail.com. Garlandalliance at gmail.com. Correct. Great. Tim Garland, great to meet you today. And Pleasure. thank you for... Uh, offering all that you did in this conversation. And, of course, Linda Gittormsen-Guy, thank you for uh, your passion for this wonderful uh, event, and thank you for being part of the morning show today as well. It's always a treat to talk with you.
1: Well, thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg.